Charlie Weston joins us every Wednesday for our money chat, but we're doing an extended money special today, asking if we're heading for a cashless society and if that is a good or a bad thing. Because, Charlie, which Scandinavian country is aiming to go cashless by the end of the year? Sweden, Matt, and, you know, it looks like they're these, a lot of the Scandinavian countries are very far advanced in dropping the use of cash. But I don't think we should go there. Um, I'm not sure it's a great idea. Um, who would this benefit? I think we we'll benefit banks. And they're the ones who are pushing this like crazy. Uh, they're the ones who are trying to close, uh, have closed a lot of branches, for example, 179 branches. And what do branches do, essentially? Handle cash, a lot of them. A lot of the cash counters are not available. The, the two main banks sold 1,200 uh, ATMs to independent operators, which are not regulated. Brinks. Uh, bought the AIB ones and Euronet bought the Bank of Ireland ones. They are not regulated. And there was a promise made at the what time. What does that mean that they're not regulated? Well, they can set whatever fees they like. You know, I mean, I remember at the time when Bank of Ireland sold uh, their ATMs, uh, I, I said to them, look, these fees are just, there's going to be fees now. You're going to be charged three euros to withdraw cash here every time you withdraw cash, which often happens in, which happens in other countries. So uh, eventually Bank of Ireland came back and said they got a commitment from Euronet that there'll be no fees for three years. That comes to an end in December. December uh, 2020, that deal was done. What's going to happen next year then? Will Euronet, uh, who operate a lot of these ATMs, uh, will they start charging? Will Brinks, uh, Cash Point, as they call it? But will it matter? Because if you don't need cash, if you have a card and you tap your card wherever you need to spend money, are you... Put your details online and make an electronic transfer. Do you then need cash? I think you do. Look what happened today. Revolut, which is this great new app, super app, which is a very efficient, great payment system. They're branching into all sorts of areas to become an online bank. It's it's payment cards failed today. So people were queuing up. Somebody on to me was queuing up in Aldi, had a load of groceries. (laughs) We're just about to push them down and start packing them. And we're about to pay and the card wouldn't work. So there was a problem today. The Go embarrassed back to that. Are you sure it wasn't that they didn't have enough funds in, uh, the, in the car to no, be able to pay No, Revolut came back to me and said it was a problem. Take the day Storm Betty, my village, we lost our electricity for hours and hours and hours. So when I, w- I walked the dog every morning on a Saturday, I tried to buy my paper. Couldn't pay with contactless. Luckily, I had cash. Wanted to get a lotto ticket, as I often do on a Saturday. The lotto machine didn't work. And then later on, I was going into the Ireland-England rugby game, the last game before the World Cup in the Aviva couldn't top up the leap card because there was no electricity in the village. You know, you, you, cash is essential that we have an option for cash. And that's very much the position of the European Union and the European Central Bank. They reckon that, you know, it's got to be part, part of the offering. We can't go fully to cash. It doesn't suit everybody. And I think the momentum here is, is coming from the banks. Said somebody on to me today, senior, retired senior banker said, look, very much the emphasis all the time in the banks was push people away from using cash because it's expensive for banks. So, so they, you know, why is it expensive? Because it, 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 your cash handling involves manpower. There's also security risks. You know, it, it just is, it's, it's more awkward. You can automate stuff when you're doing it electronic payments. And so this whole sneaky effort by banks to get us to stop using cash, you know, fine, I don't mind tapping. It's more convenient. But I don't want to be railroaded and bullied by the banks and being told I have to use contact all the time. It's too hard to budget with it and I don't want the banks dictating the policy here. Really the regulator and, and the Department of Finance should be regulating, should be dictating the pace here, not the banks. 
Celine Clark, you're from Age Action, an adequacy body. What's your position on this? Cash is needed by those who are digitally excluded and older age is the indicator for who is digitally excluded. We estimate that over 620,000 people over the age of 60 either are not online or don't have the basic skills to conduct their business online. So that presents an invisible barrier for many older people to be able to conduct their affairs and the, the push to be cashless really affects them. It leads to social exclusion because they stay at home, they can't do it. Like imagine people going to a GAA match and they can't buy their ticket at the ca- at the turnstile because they're cashless. Now the GAA has subsequently said we leave nobody out but we've been contacted by plenty of people who said that they were left out on the outside of the match and not able to get in. Other older people not being able to get on a bus because you have to pre-book a ticket on some of the bus airing routes to be sure that you can get your your transport and so many older people won't be able to do that. But, but how many? Don't the majority of older people, have they not adopted and adapted these new technologies that they're on the internet, they know how to fill out forms on the internet, they have their bank cards, they know how to tap that there's no reason to suspect that they would be incapable of doing so. They all have their smartphones. But unfortunately the the CSO data shows us that 6 in 10 older people are digitally excluded and that increases when you're over 70. The majority of people over the age of 70 have not been online and unlikely won't be online. Really? So it's really, really important that cash stays in the economy and is protected and legislated for in the economy for at least another 20 years. Ireland has quite low digital um, skills amongst the general population. You might think otherwise when we have a lot of tech companies here. But unfortunately, older people have been left behind. There's currently no statutory fund to support older people acquire digital skills that they need. It's done on a charitable basis, such as Age Action's Getting Started programme. But would this not be an incentive to encourage older people to get with it digitally if they have not already done so? Certainly some older people are trying to embrace it and want to embrace it, but they have to have somewhere to go to get the skills to do it and it's a continuous learning process you have to develop a continuous competency and there's also though skills ability is one thing but affordability and access is another so for people living in rural Ireland very very poor broadband access and the other thing is it costs money to be digital, it costs money for a device, it costs money for broadband and if you're dependent on a state pension as the majority of older people in this country are because we have very poor private pension coverage or occupational pension coverage. Most people depend on social protection for their money and the outlay then for a broadband or a digital device is is prohibitive for many older people. James Kelly, you're a tax partner in KPMG but this is a slightly left field question compared to what you do but if you offer cash as legal tender is a company supplying you with goods or services required to take cash from you or can I say no? Well, I think, Matt, the direction travel on that is, and if you look at the government's national payment strategy, the view there is that you should take cash as legal tender. Uh, and I think they're supposed to publish an update on that in 24. Um, I think you'll see, as, as Charlie touched on, I think the ECB have also pushed for that. You know, th- it's all about tr- striking a balance because really businesses, and we talk to clients, 
they, they don't want to isolate their customers, right? They want to make sure their customers can access their services and products. There is advantages for businesses uh, of going cashless. Some of them... So, so what are they? Because I've come across quite a few cafes and restaurants in my own area recently where they actually now have a sign when you're coming in, mm. we only accept contactless, sorry, we can't take cash, which is rather odd because there used to be a few of them as well in the area which would only take cash and usedn't actually take any cards. Yeah, I suppose the basic ones, you know, it's safer. You don't have the issue and security around cash. You have an audit trail, Matt, right? So one of the things that's important for businesses is, you know, the old check is in the post falls away in a, in a digital payments world where you can follow the payments, you can track it. Um, a lot of it's also been driven uh, potentially by, by tax authorities in the world, I, to go back to the world I work in, right, where they really like the audit trail of digital payments because they can see, well, you know, Mac made a payment for a good or service for his cup of coffee. Has that made its way through to the tax return? Has that made its way through to revenue? And that, and we look internationally, we look at the likes of Portugal. So if you've been down in Portugal over the summer, you might see a little QR code on your receipt. And that QR code is so that if a tax inspector comes along, they can take a picture of it and they go, right, has that business reported it through uh, on its tax return? So... You know, the, 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 the change is coming from businesses. You know, there is some advantages. I take Charlie's point that there's also advantages of cash, but it's also coming from, from maybe on the government side, the, the regulatory side where, where revenue do like the cashless route. Listener here says cashless is a fantastic idea. It would eliminate social and tax fraud, almost eliminate the drugs problem and make it much more likely to see an increased tax take for the Irish exchequer and most likely reduce the need for tax increases with the opposite being possible. Would that be the case that potentially that if you had a fully legitimate economy working where every transaction is visible to the revenue commissioners and the appropriate tax is applied, that that would mean then that overall rates could be reduced? Yeah, I think it might be a bit far to say that it would achieve all those objectives, Matt, but certainly, um, you know, Digital payments do enhance compliance. Um, and I suppose if you had revenue here, they would say what's important for them is that there's an equal and fair competition. That, you know, if there's two suppliers and one is applying the tax system and one isn't, that they're operating in fairness. But I suppose the other thing, and it's, it's worth taking a step back as people, you know, we're moving into the time of year where people file their tax returns. Revenue have a lot of information. It's not just about cash. They have a lot of information coming from different sources these days. So if you rent your house out on Airbnb, they have that. If you're in receipt of social welfare, that'll be in your tax return. If you're in receipt of a dividend from a company, that'll be in your tax return. So it's not, you know, tax uh, tax compliance isn't just all about, um, you know, cash versus non-cash. But, but it also eliminates the so-called black economy because presumably there are a lot of people still providing services, particularly if they go to somebody's house, maybe to do gardening or do a bit of DIY, where they offer two prices. Uh, maybe if you pay cash, no VAT. But if you actually offer an electronic payment or that old-fashioned thing called a cheque, the price gets higher because VAT is applied. Yeah, I suppose it goes back to a point, Matt, that I touched on there a moment ago, which is, you know, okay, that, that like we all know that's still out there, but you must appreciate the amount of, of, of information the revenue have. So, if you know, if, the, if someone like that, if revenue get a tip off or if they decide to do an audit, um, you know, they'll have information on their bank details. If they have a Revolut, they'll be able to get access to that. They'll be able to look at their credit card information. And, you know, they can very quickly build up a profile of, of what that person's outlay is and, and figure out if there is underpayment of tax. And actually, interestingly, if you look at, just to take a step back and come from a, from a different perspective, um, if you go back a number of years ago, revenue used to do about $5,000 a year. They used to get an average 40000 
give or take, out of those audits. Last year in 22, they did about 1,400 audits, but they got 250,000 on average out of those audits. So they are using all this information they're getting to be much more focused uh, in, in, in pursuing taxpayers for, for non-compliance, right? And I think we're going to see that increase. We saw it again in 21. I think we'll see it in 23 as well. Okay, listener says it'll kill the small Sunday market and the car boot sale and lots of examples of people saying where cash is preferred on maybe unofficial activities like that. We have lots of comments coming into 087-4100-102, your last word, and we'll get back to the conversation with Charlie Weston, James Kelly and Celine Clark after we've had the traffic with Mark Hogan. We're getting an enormous reaction to this piece on the potential for a cashless society, which the vast majority of you getting in contact with 087-4100-102 seem to be against. Uh, David says, as a visually impaired person, I also rely on cash as cards and self-service tills are a nightmare for me. Uh, People bringing up the thing about being able to give money to homeless people on the streets. Also, the difficulty in charity collections now that the numbers or the money being collected on charity days has gone down quite dramatically. Another one says banks say cash is expensive, but more fraud seems to have taken place since we moved online. Is that true? Has there been a big problem with fraud? Huge problem with fraud, man. I mean, that's the whole thing about. Look at it; it'd be absolute disaster if you get your wallet or your purse stolen. You, but you're only going to lose the contents of that wallet or purse if somebody gains access. As often happens, because they can trick people into gaining access to their online bank accounts, they'll clean you out. They'll take every cent you have out of the account, and this does happen all the time. And banks are quietly covering it up because they don't want to discourage people from using online electronic payments. So fraud is a massive problem. The other big, big downside to using an awful lot of contactless uh, 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 payments, Matt, is it's painless. You tap the card, you don't think about it. You don't, you know, there's no... Less control over your finances. Studies have found you spend 10 to 15% more when you you use contactless. Psychologically, you feel it when you dip your hand into your purse or your wallet and take out a note. Uh, Whereas if you tap, you don't and you tend to spend a lot. So that's important. And there's a cost as well. If they have a a ridiculous cost, they'll be charged you 35 cents for withdrawing cash. You you shouldn't, according to the banking review done by the Department of Finance, you should not be charged for withdrawing your own cash via domestic ATM. You should not be charged. It's your cash. You shouldn't be charged for that. I mean, there's no express responsibility, uh, legal responsibility on the banks to ensure access to cash in this country, and there should be. Okay. It should be an option. Now, we, you know, we're on, I don't want us to go backwards and all use cash again, only cash, but it's got to be an option and it shouldn't be disincentivized. Shelley says, why do we have to do financial transactions dig- digitally? I refuse to do my banking online. I withdraw cash each week to cover my day-to-day expenses. Is it just another way to get rid of personal contact in the banks? Don't get rid of cash. Uh, also, a quite detailed email from another list but just to summarise it, saying that recently, James, they were told that uh, they went to do a digital transaction to make a payment and the bank queried it. And the bank then blocked the transaction despite the fact that this customer said, I want this to go ahead. They weren't satisfied that it was legit and wouldn't allow him to make a payment he wanted to make. Yeah, I suppose it touches on the point that, that Charlie just mentioned, which is all around the, the cyber security and fraud and trying to prevent fraud. And I think there's been a lot of investment. This is something that's only really come into the consciousness over the last four or five years. Like we've all been sent to link 
think businesses have been sent links looking for payments and uh, you know it's become a real issue for businesses and there's been some high profile cases around that and you know I think as a result people are the banks and other companies are looking to implement policies to, to mitigate that and you know it'll take time for those to, to, to reach the right level but you know it is something we're seeing clients make a huge investment in because it's a real issue out there. Okay we also have Celine Clark with us from Age Action you mentioned earlier people having difficulty getting to GA matches we had a lot of controversy about the national car test as well and it took a ministerial intervention to overturn that and cashless only uh, what about things like the national plowing championships coming up it'll be really interesting to see how this works um, you know it's an older audience definitely the farming community rural people we know that 29% of people over the age of 65 are using online banking and the rest aren't. And so how are they going to be able to pre-book their ticket or pay cashless at the turnstile? So um, we'll have to wait and see and watch that space. But we know that, you know, if you're using digital banking and you don't have the skills to do it, you're opening yourself up to fraud and abuse. And particularly maybe if you imagine, maybe, you know, it's grand for revenue to be able to track all your digital payments and receipts. But if you're someone in an abusive relationship, you don't want your abusive partner or husband or wife or or whatever, knowing everything that you're doing, you need to have that privacy as well. But wouldn't that come from just looking at bank statements anyway, the printed bank statements that people get? Well, I think people can use cash in different ways and definitely be able to manage their cash better and budget better as well, but also to hide how they're using the their cash. Money potentially the runaway money, the rainy day fund or whatever it is that you need but it is a genuine concern and then for older people in particular the financial abuse is a genuine thing that happens. Um, the HSE safeguarding team report increasing numbers of financial abuse uh, to them and that's just from people who are within the HSE system so it's a re- age action is really concerned that it's an underreported issue people handing over details of their bank um, or their, their pension details or whatever it is to niece nephew, whatever, they clean them out over a long period of time, they control how their money is used um, and it becomes a really desperate situation, particularly within families. James Kelly from KPMG, another listener says, will a cashless society result in banks gaining much more knowledge about spending, like nights out, possibly resulting in mortgage refusal later on? Yeah, it depends. It's different. In, it, it depends how it's profiled, right? But you know, potentially in a restaurant, you know, you could pay, you can make a payment. They wouldn't necessarily know the amount of the payment, what you bought in a shop. The money, they'll just see the payment going out. They won't always necessarily know what you'll buy. I think there's a lot of that information is out there in different ways anyway. Um, but I suppose it does. You know, there's a counter to that, which gives people probably a bit more oversight of their spending and, and being able to dig into it and, and, and see if there's ways they can they can budget better. Charlie Weston, just to come to a conclusion on this, what's the political view on all of this? Well, the Department of Finance are talking about regulating access to cash. That, that's about ATMs now, essentially. And that is access to cash in this country. That's how we get access to cash. We have very few ATMs per head of population in this country compared with the, the Eurozone. Uh, as I say, they're mostly um, f- privately run now and not regulated. So the department is looking at regulating them, allowing the central bank to have some role in that. At the moment, if banks want to increase their charges for running a current account, they have to get the 
express permission of the central bank. So that should apply as well to ATM operators who, who shouldn't just be allowed to turn around tomorrow and decide we're going to charge you three euros every time you take out 50 euros. Um, so the, the, the department is looking at that. They're promising the heads of a bill by the end of the year on access to cash. The European Central Bank then is looking and the European Union are looking at um, making bringing out a directive which will be forced on the country which would make access to cash for in or use of cash uh, in certain circumstances mandatory so pharmacies essential services like pharmacies or doctors or maybe even a, a local uh, news agents you'd have to be able to use cash in those so that, that, that that's reasonable access to cash to talk about that's going to become a directive and that will be, in turn become law here actually it'd be funny you mentioned doctors because listeners say oh Matt you almost like to mention trades people when talking about dealing in cash but what about the private doctors clinics that only take cash 150 euro to 250 euro per appointment I thought that had all stopped I thought everyone was gone in those various places onto machines no there's always a few isn't there you know uh, who want cash uh, even in the odd shop you'll find if you know if you try and plead with them you know it was, it was being charged 50 euros for 53 euros for something recently and I said ah knock off the 3 euros lads will you well, we will if you give us cash, they said, you know, so there's always a temptation, you know, but should, should, that, should that be the reason we get rid of using cash? Just because people, you know, want to be dodgy? I think they're different, separate issues. Okay. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent, thank you as ever for being with us, and also to Celine Clark from Age Action and James Kelly from KPMG. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.